Hello. And welcome to the Champagne Room Secrets Secrets Podcast. What the fuck? I don't know if this is shameful, but if you have a small dick, have a good personality. Filling the champagne. Your wife died here. Have a titty. Not a sex podcast, but it is is stripper. You grind your clit on a guy's hard dick and come. But you've never made someone come in their pants, right? I'm Candy. I'm Jade. Your friendly neighborhood whore is here to walk you through the ins and outs of the strip club and sex work industry. Uncensored. We have a guest with us right now. We are super excited. What do you uh, want us to refer to you as? My super name was Neptune. Oh, so maybe that. Oh, okay. That is really cool. I've never heard that before. What was the inspiration for that one? It just kind of came to me. You know, I, I've used lots of different names. I've, I danced. I'm retired, but that one just felt like the right one because I chose it and not some house mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super, super important to have your own kind of identity, I guess. I have noticed like some girls choose names that are very much like, you know, like Rachel or Sally or whatever. And some are very obviously like, you know, Sativa, like Hades or something. Like, would you get like more annoying questions of like, what's your real name? Or like, how would you handle that? Good question. I have had like normal girl names, quote unquote, in some clubs that just required them. And it not seem to matter. If anything, I feel like I can be a little bit cheekier with it when I was Neptune. I would just be like, oh my God, it is my real name. What's your real name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or sometimes I would just lie and be like, it's Alicia. That <laughs> 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 if they asked, then they weren't going to spend money. And that like nine times out of 10, that was the case. And so it was really just a good way to be like moving on, moving on. Yeah. That's a really good point. Now that you mention it, I don't think I've ever like made that connection, but I feel like that is true in my experience as well. I think I made it subconsciously because my response to that is always, oh, is this your first time at a strip club? (laughs) (laughs) Just like, it's so snarky and like, honestly, the jig is done. Like, but I'm just like, why? Because you don't know how to behave. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So anyways, Neptune and I met at an event. Don't want to give too many details, but it was a non-stripper event (laughs) that we were both working. And... We were talking about pole dancing because I had seen... Oh, by the way, um, what are your pronouns? I'm comfortable with all pronouns. Uh, she is the one that most people use okay, in that cool. time. So I, I had seen her perform at this circus show and I actually had sent the video to Jade because I was like, I had never seen spinning pole before. And that's for the listeners. It's like when the pole is... <laughs> I almost said levitating <laughs> when it's like a rig. <laughs> It's floating. It's a it's an aerial apparatus. It is not glued to the ground. The bottom is not attached to the floor. <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain it properly. And she was so cool. And so we were talking about pole and I was like, oh my gosh, that was you. And then we go, ended up chatting. I'm like, yeah, like I'm not an amazing pole performer, but I'm, I was like, I'm like a stripper. So, you know, I do a little bit. And then she's like, I was a stripper too. And I was like, oh my gosh, where? And it turns out Neptune used to work at what we call Clem's Club. And I was like, Clementine Club. <laughs> and I was like, what? So she was like, oh dude, are they still there? Are they still there? So we were chatting and then We've kind of seen each other a few times since then. And I was like, do you want to be on our podcast and like share your story and talk shit? And I don't know, whatever else we do. (laughs) Our first question, we're going to go a little bit chronologically is when did you start dancing and why? So I moved to California on a whim in 2012, over 10 years ago from New York City. I was like going through a horrible breakup. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm out. 
I'm gonna move to San Francisco, I guess. And was pretty much, I pretty much decided I was gonna try dancing. Um, I had been doing burlesque in New York City. I realized it's not the same thing, but I was kind of open to just whatever in terms of jobs. I also got a job at a vegan restaurant, whatever. So I was kind of like living that double life. And I started working at the Lusty Lady. Was there about a year before it went out of business. And that's when I started travel dancing. I would go to Portland, Miami, Vegas, mostly like West Coast, aside from Miami. So I I had kind of like my main club and then I would travel around and especially kind of in the last, like the twilight years of me dancing, I was mostly dancing in Vegas for a while, like every month. I had like one last stint in Portland and that was like right before lockdown. And then basically like cold turkey quit after that. So it was, it was winding down for sure, but wow. You danced everywhere. Everywhere. That's crazy. (laughs) What, what do you think is the most, most money? Where's the most money? (laughs) (laughs) Where do you, where's the gold mine? (laughs) Where's the gold mine? I feel like if there was one, wouldn't we all be there? You know, like everyone's got their like ears up for like the hot new place. I will say I, as a like thin white person with tattoos made a lot of money in Portland. And I think like, that's my audience. You know, my friend that I went to my, I went to Miami a few times with a couple different friends. And like, you know, there was like the promise of like thousands of dollars on stage. And it just like, didn't happen for me. I made okay money there, but to like fly across the country for it, I'm like, eh, I might as well stay home. So for me being consistent and staying home was the best money. Like where I went three to four nights a week. Yeah. That makes sense because besides like the whole idea of regulars that we can get into that later, I do feel like just knowing the clientele type who comes in the type of dancers and just kind of how the club runs, because we tried to do a little bit of travel and stuff. And it was just like kind of stressful when you don't like know the environment you're getting into. It is. I mean, it's, it's fun, but like, yeah, when put my regular club and was just travel dancing, it was so hard. And it was also right around this. It was like 2018 and it was around the time that all the laws in California Mm, were changing. There was just influx of California dancers everywhere, no matter where I went. And so like, no, it was harder to get hired and harder to make money because everyone's like thirsty, you know? Yeah. It started, it was more and more loopholes to get hired. It wasn't just show up and like get hired. Then it was like places that I had worked before were like, well, you don't have this now. You don't have this kind of certification, this type of license, this type of whatever, whatever. You didn't pay this fee. Like it just became harder and harder and harder. Yeah, I was going to say on top of the travel expenses, you know, covering like hotel planes or whatever, like Candy and I started dancing in 2021. So we didn't know like the before times we were planning on going to Phoenix and it was like, oh, but you need all these licenses before. And like, you need to make appointment like weeks in advance. It just was like kind of like logistic a nightmare. It totally is. I've, I've had some pretty logistical nightmare situations happen, like traveling with like multiple friends where like one person gets the appointment, but the other one doesn't. And one person has this, the other one doesn't. And we're all trying to like make money because it's our job. And just the uphill battle is not fun. It's not a good work environment to like be going into. Yeah. In our audition episode, we talk about how hard it was to get hired at our first strip club because I feel like it's a stereotype that like, I'm just going to quit my job and become a stripper. And I'm like, it was so hard. What the hell? Yeah. I was saying I got into like all the universities I applied to for graduate school, but not all the clubs I try to dance at. 
it's like, but uh, going back, um, did you know any strippers before you started working as one? Or did you have like any expectations of the job? Or were you like going in blind? I did pretty blind. I, like everything about my move to California was just like, well, I'm throwing this out the window and I'm doing this, which was like cool as a younger person. I'm glad that I tried that. My level of research was I spent one day on public transportation going up to North Beach from wherever I was. I like didn't have a home and I was like looking for jobs. So I like rode the train all the way up to North Beach from wherever I was staying. And my my goal, my research, the only thing I wanted to do was get a lap dance. I was like, I'm going to go to the club. I'm going to get a lap dance and then I'm going to get a job. (laughs) So at the Lusty, because it was a peep show, I didn't get a lap dance, but I like put the dollar in and the screen went up and I was like, very nice. Great. Okay. I kind of get the vibe. Went next door to Hustler and got a lap dance from this lovely person with um, like a neck tattoo of musical notes. I wish I remember her name. She was super nice. It was like 4 p.m. <laughs> what a lap dance. What a lap dance. <laughs> and then I, as I, as I was like running out the door, I felt horrible because I realized I hadn't tipped her on top of the $20 that I gave her. I was like, oh my God, I'm such a noob. What an asshole. She probably hates me. Whatever. I was just like, that's that. And that was it. So no, I didn't know anyone. I didn't ask any questions. I went in and I bought a lap dance. And then it was like, I'm gonna uh, audition at the Lussie Lady. And they were like, great, you're in whatever. Like it was, (laughs) I didn't realize it was kind of opposite of your situation, Jade. It was a little too easy, Mm. nervous going in. And I wanted there to be like a couple more setbacks, but it was like doors wide open. You're a stripper now. Can I ask what I've, I've heard a lot about the Lusty Lady. I've spoken to some previous dancers. Can I ask specifically what you would do or kind of your specialty there for the peep shows? Yeah. So the way it kind of worked was there was like a main stage that had like one pole, I think they called it the fish tank, but it was like the main stage. The room was mostly mirrored like behind you and the pole in the center. And then facing you, you, there was windows and on the customer end, these windows were like private booths. So you would open a door and go and you had a private booth and you would put in money to like like a vending machine slot basically like a dollar or whatever and the window would roll up for like a certain amount of time a minute or so so in order to keep seeing and all you would do is dance you weren't allowed to do anything nasty oh because i heard about sex shows like or like masturbation shows yes but not on the main stage oh okay. there were masturbation shows i could tell you wild stories <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> but on main stage all you do is dance you're fully naked people could jerk off i was gonna say so people were jerking off like for sure like why wouldn't you all the time all the time jerking. i would be jerking off i mean come on <laughs> i mean like that's what you're there to do so like do it i would be offended if they weren't jerking off right <laughs> I'd be like um excuse me <laughs> uh, is, it, is this thing on <laughs> and i was like what if i'm doing it wrong and all the girls were like there's no such thing like Men are gonna jerk off, and couples could come in and fuck. Like that was pretty cool. Like they could, they would just have sex. Totally. I think my first night was it my first night, second night. It was like early on. There was like a rotation of like where you had to stay on the stage. It wasn't just a free for all. So like my station at one point was on the corner that had bigger booths that could house more than one person. And I totally saw a couple fucking. It was just like <laughs> I was just like wow. <laughs> like can I watch you? Can we spot? <laughs> So and then when the when the window closes on the customer, they close on you too. Like you you basically don't see them anymore. Like is that I, I've never been to one, so I don't I don't I can't I'm even like so curious. Did you like follow it down? It's like closing your like you do the fake like walking down the stairs thing. <laughs> 
because you get pretty bored you're trapped in a room and so we made up like a dance like a really not sexy dance where we're just like you know doing like a like white people at a wedding dance yeah (laughs) you're doing like almost like the macarena but also the chicken dance (laughs) pre-tiktok we're gonna try and be cute but it's like not sexy and we're clamping around in our heels and we're like here to entertain ourselves like you can watch or not but like we're gonna do this dance whether you want to see it or not. So it like, there was that kind of vibe, like across the board. We're gonna have fun. Yeah. And you guys made an hourly wage, right? Ugh, yeah. So I think the lore of the lusty is a lore of like empowerment. And I'm not saying it's not empowering. It's very, very cool that it was unionized. It was very cool that it was a co-op is special. It's unique. However, like my time at that place was like the last year of its existence. So it was like crumbling apart. Mm. We were ushering anyone in the door. They were barely making rent. The hourly was like a $11 an hour to show full pussy. Like, and that's all you would make. You wouldn't make any tips or anything. It No. Uh, oh my God. So yeah, I'm just, I'm not trying to talk shit on like a very special and like women led like sex worker operation. Like it's fucking cool. But like the reality of it was that it was hard and it didn't pay enough. I feel like those two things can be true at the same time because your story, especially about the payment, I've heard that from multiple ex-dancers of that club. So it's like, there's not enough resources for women to run things like that, dancers especially. So it's like, well, that like sucks. I would hope they didn't mean to like pay you so little. I hope like they weren't like racking it in. No, no. What happened? Because I actually ended up working on the board and that kind of pulled back the curtain, so to speak. When I got hired, they were basically like, we don't know if we're going to be over. Like they told me that straight up. So the fact that I was there for a year is like pretty great. They just didn't have the income. The the structure was such that if you worked a certain amount of time, you got raises quite quickly. If you showed up to your shifts on time, you're reliable, you got raises. So it wasn't meant to stay at $11 an hour. It wasn't meant to be exploitive. They just truly were barely making ends meet. And so that's, that's something that took the cut. Like we have to make rent. We can't offer raises to those who have been here three months, six months, eight months, whatever. And it just kind of fell apart. I mean, it worked for a long time too. I I also think that like the internet changed things. You don't have to wander into the lusty lady and hope that like your favorite girl or that, you know, you're attracted to anyone. Like you can find it on the internet. You can find cam girls. You can find your favorite cam girl working any hours of the day. Like you can find whatever you want. Did you or do you ever do any online sex work, like videos, camming, OnlyFans, what have you? I am not Virgo-esque enough for that. I looked into it. I had a friend who's like online and she was like, yes, I'm willing to like help you out if you want to go this route. And she just inundated me with information. And it just was like, I just know myself. I know that I'm a little bit too loosey-goosey. It just sounded like you needed to be so structured in order for it to pay off. And like, I can't take the heat. I can't deal with the things that people will say to you on like behind the, you know, armor of their own screen. Mm-mm, no, if you say something shitty to me, I need to be able to like see you right in your fucking face and say some shit right back. Like I can't. <laughs> yes. I was like, Jade knows that very well. I know that a little bit, but I, uh, we have. <laughs> yeah. I, I opted out. I was like, no, thanks. Not my vibe. And I'm just better in person. No, that makes total sense. How was it moving? So after the lusty lady, I'm guessing you went to like a traditional strip club where you were getting touched. Was that like a big shock? Yes, it was a big shock. 
I had to learn a lot about boundaries real fucking fast. I had to have my personality like on really fast. I got hired at a day shift at Gold Club and I was there for like five years and oh my God, I just learned a lot. I learned a lot. I would say day shift was actually great. Like it was really great. I think things started getting a little dark for me, like a several years in and I started working nights and it's just a different vibe everywhere. But I think especially at gold club and I just like got a little too into the belly of the dragon. I'm down to share any details. I don't know what y'all's. We want any details you'd like to share. All of them. I don't want to, <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't want to be rude, but when we talk about our club experiences, like we we get into it. We yeah. we talk about titty sucking a lot. Titty sucking, people coming in their pants. Like we go like <laughs> full on whatever. De- if there's any stories, like if you want to tell from that time in as much detail you're comfortable with, please do. Yeah, I do. I'm really grateful for the experience I had, but I also think like I'm working on like healing myself in therapy. So like there's a lot of you know I don't know what your other guests have been like. I'm you're actually going to go take through you're all- our first one. What an honor. Well, I'm going to go back through all your old episodes anyway. But <laughs> oh yeah. So this is a treat. Yeah, I don't know. Like I staying in the game as long as I did like hurt me. I started drinking more. I started dealing coke in the club. I was way more like whatever about my boundaries or like it just not even whatever. It just it got murky is the best way I can describe it. And I was so tied to the identity, not only as a source of income, but just like who I was. It was my whole life. It was everyone I knew. It was everything I did. It it is literally what got me into pole dance. Like it was my everything that it was very hard for me to notice the true signs of burnout, to make any major changes. I felt like I had to drink at work. I felt like I had to have blow on me all the time. And I knew who my Adderall girls were and I knew who my like dick sucking girls were. Like I had so many years of laying it out that like, I didn't feel like I could just like walk away and be what, do what? Have like eight years of nothing on my resume, literally nothing. Like, so. Yeah, and, and like the kind of the longer you kept doing it, the more you were digging that hole, right? Yeah. It's like going in like deeper into the belly of the beast kind of. And like Jade and I have been dancing a little over a year now. And even like in that short of time, sometimes you have nights where it's like what the fuck are we doing where are we what's no one would believe this I mean it's kind of we started this podcast because like we'd be like casually talking about shit that happened that people are like what I'm like oh yeah that's just like normal it's just like Tuesday glad to hear you say that because me and my friends would also especially when we would like take like trips you know like uh strip trips together you know multiple nights and like multiple girls traveling together and we'd like get our like lunch slash breakfast the next day and we'd be like kind of comparing stories we had a joke that like we were going to start a podcast called last night i told this guy it doesn't really roll up (laughs) that's so cute well i think there needs to be more stripper podcasts so you ever want to start one you have our full support. There's nothing like stripper camaraderie. Like it is a truly special thing. It's very fun to get to be on this podcast and like sharing your camaraderie. So and like, I always like to surprise people. I'm not saying like, you know, there are some shady girls, whatever it happens, but definitely when customers are like, oh, you guys are probably all like looking at each other at competition or like bitchy in the locker room. I'm like, that's actually not true. Like everyone Everyone's is like, so, so nice. Hot. You're so pretty. Like, oh my God, what's that outfit? Oh my God, your hair. You're so pretty. Like it's <laughs> so supportive generally. I know. I love these petty men. They're the high school petty girls. They're like, oh my God, who do you hate? I can't tell you how many times I would sit down on guys' laps and the audacity, like that's the first thing they ask me, like, who do you hate here? I'm like, you petty bitch. <laughs> I'm like, I hate you. Pay up. It's 
the patriarchy in full display like who am I going to pit you against the other girl is like no we're, we're a team <laughs> yeah this is so funny <laughs> I will say I'm like a a little bit of a darker note (laughs) that like when I talk to Candy a lot or my other stripper friends, like a lot of the crazy shit that happens in the club gets normalized because we like talk about it. It's happened to each other. We like joke about it. Obviously, like humor is kind of the way I like deal with things or like cope. And then I have a a really good friend who's like not a dancer and she listened to the podcast and she was like, oh, you know, this story was really sad when we were kind of (laughs) laughing. We're kind of telling this story about like a girl who's like really weird but she's been doing like a lot of drugs Bambi oh Bambi (laughs) (laughs) but she was kind of like someone from the outside was like that was really sad and I was like oh yeah like I didn't even realize how sad I feel that like I talked to my best friend about this because we met in the club and I I think sometimes like it's really important to have the friends that you process with the, the like ho friends that you process with and she and I were talking about this recently even though we're both retired just this idea of like how to open up and and share about this industry with like the civvies you know or like even in therapy i've come across therapists who you know are like well i'm just really worried about your safety or like my current therapist who is great and i like her but like when i first started talking about sex work she's like wow it's just so empowering and like yeah kind of like holding both of these truths it's empowering and it's also not safe but like we are specialists right we're specialists no one knows what it's like to be a specialist except people who do that job so of of course you can't really just talk about these stories like no one's truly going to understand what it's like to walk in your shoes unless they've done that work which is like very isolating sometimes right i don't know if you can relate to this but i feel like the way the modern strip club is built it's kind of besides like the girls who are nice to your friends like everything is kind of built against you the management is against you the pricing is against you the people are against you you're always trying to have to defend your job and it's just like i feel like it can be when you don't have that support it can be super super isolating yeah absolutely absolutely and like who's to say what's sad and what's like healing like laughing about some like weird dancer Like, what else are you going to do? It doesn't help to be like, pity isn't cute. Like, she's one of us, right? Like, yeah, have to just be like, yeah, there she is doing her fucking thing again. Like, (laughs) and she knows, like, she knows she's a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Yeah, she makes good money and she's been doing it for a long time. Like, it doesn't give like, oh, someone's like forcing her to do this. You know, like, that's when it gets a little, but like, I honestly don't see that I know there's like all this panic like moral panic about like sex trafficking and like I remember (laughs) when I was about to start auditioning I was like dating this guy from the dating apps like maybe like third date maybe like very very recently and I was like oh yeah I'm gonna audition at this club he's like oh well I hope you don't get sex trafficked (laughs) that was his response and I was like, ah, there's like this perception, like immediately. Obviously, like that was the last I broke up with him for that reason. Honestly, the sex was weak too, but <laughs> but I was just like, what? Like, do people actually think that? That's so weird. What kind of response is that like, I hope you don't get sex trafficked. Like, okay, are you just saying that to be like troll me or are you worried? Because if you're worried, that's not like the way not really showing the larger care. It seems like a joke to me, like just like a tasteless joke. Right. Which is why I was like, that's not funny. And if you were actually worried, you wouldn't say it like that. So dude, I'm opt out. <laughs> I'm gonna put a shout out if this is okay to another podcast for anyone who might be listening who doesn't know shit about sex trafficking, there's a podcast called You're Wrong About, and the name of the episode is 
sex trafficking. You're wrong about sex trafficking. I highly recommend it. It's like an hour and a half long that goes deep. It does touch on these moral panics and like what sex trafficking actually is. Or if you like more of a reading person, me and my best friend ran a sex worker book club for a long time. And the book Revolting Prostitutes, it kind of covers the same thing. It's a grim read, but I'm really about sex work media and like debunking of things. Yeah, that's Uh, amazing. I definitely want to check those out. So like people are like, meh, 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 sex trafficking. You're like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like truly on a global level, sex trafficking is like what we think of it is as Americans is not what it is. And it's tied to like 10,000 other moral panics that we could do things about. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm just putting it out there. No, no, please. We, We love to get political on the podcast. So definitely want to check out that book. Yeah, no, just have a feeling that if sex work stripper, full service worker, dominatrix, whatever, were like a more, well, more legalized thing. And it wasn't so, you know, to have so many bad stereotypes that we could like focus our energy on fucking sex trafficking and like children's sex trafficking and like all these things. But people are just like attacking us. We're like doing, I'll call it consensual sex work, even though it's just sex work. We're like grown ass women or men or anyone in between doing our own thing. It's like, fuck off. Yeah, it's a job. Like chill. Yeah, I I love it when, love it ironically, when when guys come in and they're like, they're, they're just very pushing against like, well, why are you here? Like, especially when I, I don't always tell people that I have like a graduate degree, but like sometimes I do. And they're like, kind of just to dispel that. Cause I'm like, I choose to be here. Like I want to be here. Like I do have other options. Cause there's always like the idea that you're kind of doing this as like the last resort kind of thing. I know. And they're like, but why it's so exploitative. I'm like, I felt more exploited at a desk job where like I had no say in my hours. Like, yeah, just kind of like never being able to express any individual opinions. Like, that kind of thing where it's like, or why don't we just think about capitalism as exploitative and just instead of focusing on like sex work, because it has to do with like your sexuality, you know what I mean? It's just like, yes, that's the answer. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) okay, if sex work is exploitative, maybe it's because all work is. And then, you know what I mean? But like, why focus on this one? Because it's like, it gives them an excuse to hate women and people love excuses to hate women who are primarily sex workers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's always that like balancing of like, well, I could, cause sometimes I go, well, I really want to go back to school and I'm saving up and then they give you the money. But sometimes you're on this mood where you're like, no, let me tell you, I never want to go back to school and I just want to make money while I'm hot. Yeah. Like whatever you think they want to hear, that's what you got to tell them. (laughs) And like, yeah, it makes sense to like divulge that sometimes and not other times. I would love to hear about your experience at the Clems Club. Okay. (laughs) So whatever you want to (laughs) share, if there's, I don't know, just like anything notable, a story or like a theme or how you liked working there, et cetera. Any gossip tea? We love it. Okay. Yes. I mean, same. I'm definitely here for the gossip. So, I mean, God, I guess it's been a few years now since I've been there, but I think there's probably some of the same old personalities. I had, I would say, uh, over overwhelmingly like positive experience there. I often went with friends. It was easy. I felt like the flow was really nice because of the state laws that are different from my state laws in this particular club. To me, in comparison to Gold Club, there wasn't as much like dancing around the fact that it was a strip club and people are there to spend money in sex work. I felt like at Gold Club, there's like this uh, like girlfriend factory kind of vibe. Like, oh, you have to keep it classy. Okay, but like, how do I keep it classy? and also literally be a stripper like 
what, which is it? Am I selling a lap dance or am I just sitting here and being classy? Like there just was less of that. Like come in, have fun, get a beer, talk to the ladies, get lap dances. These are your options. And then get the fuck out. Gold club. We have fight nights. We have sports. We have more sports. Come in and watch all the sports. Oh yeah. I guess there's also women. They just seem to be a little bit more streamlined. So it was very easy to go in, work the floor. I love that. I love staying busy. Like talk to every single person, make your rounds over and over and over until you get into VIP. Like I like staying busy when I'm bored, then it's over for me. Then I stop making money. So I like that about Clem's club. Do you, are you a stage dancer primarily? Do you consider yourself that? Or are you're like, let's get into VIP. I'm more comfortable doing private dances. I enjoy it more. VIP for me is only about making money. I hate VIP. It's so tedious. I just feel like, especially one-on-one, I'm just like, fuck, how do I fill this time with this person I do not care about? If it's with other girls and it's fun yeah, and like so much fun. Then it's like, yes, yes, yes. Like high reward for everyone involved. I'm good at stage. I, my personality shines on stage. I'm a Leo. Like I'm meant for the spotlight. Put me on stage and then I can like sweep up walking around the room. Like it's easy. That's my flow. Like do a really good stage set. And then like, who wants me? <laughs> yes. I would say that's like very similar to Jade. Jade style. Yeah. Cause like the hour, I don't even push it. Like, cause it's so torturous. Like after 30 minutes, I'm done. I'm over it. And I don't know how the breakdown of how much money they took from the VIP rooms was at the time that you were there. But I've like done the math and like lap hopping, basically like asking lap da- for a lap dance is $30. Oh, nice. You should get between 30 and 40. But if, if there's enough volume of people where you can like get two lap dances from 10 people, like I can't do math. But that's that's already like more than you would have made in like in like the hour, which for some reason just feels so long. Like it does. And like the and it ups your chances of danger, really, is just I'm just gonna say that word, like maybe not like physical danger, but like having to say no over and over again is not safe. Like it's just that's not safety. I don't want to have to fend off my customer for an hour. I don't want him to feel disappointed. I like, I just, nah. <laughs> I know Jade, even a few weeks ago, I think you told this story. A woman kept trying to go down on you during your half hour room. So guess what? It's not just, it's not, not just men people. Oh my God. Some of the worst customers I've had have been couples because women feel, I shouldn't generalize, but the female customers that I have dealt with I feel like there's this, like, I'm one of the guys kind of vibe. They have, they have to like prove themselves or they feel they have to prove themselves. And I'm chill girl. Totally. And it's just over the top. Yeah. Over the top. We, we slander women at strip clubs, women patrons at strip clubs all the time. So you're not saying anything that we disagree with. I keep repeating myself, but I, I have this theory that women at the strip club have to ag- objectify us even more than men. Yeah. Just because there has yeah. to be like a separation, like. I'm woman, but she's woman dancer. She's prop. And so like, I've never been slapped harder than by a woman. Cause it's like, it's just some body, you know what I mean? Whereas men kind of just see women as objects all the time. So there's not a huge distinction between like woman stripper, <laughs> but that it's so fucking hard. Damn. <laughs> I'm curious. This is just for my personal curiosities. Did you know? Um... Oh Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we call him DJ Sleazeball on this podcast. <laughs> so I have a story that's not really about, but like kind of. It's one of those stories that like in retrospect is kind of funny, but also is kind of sad. So um, again, I was kind of like in my twilight years of dancing. I had quit Gold Club. I was travel dancing a lot. I went to Clem's Club one night with my friends. And I don't know if they still do this here. I'm very curious. Before COVID, they would do the like um, shame show, you know, where like someone, some guy's birthday or bachelor party yep yeah oh yeah like the bathroom up on stage and like blindfold him beat the shit out of him dangle the cherry and then like put a dildo in his mouth is this all yep okay yes (laughs) okay so this shit sucks i'm just like this is a waste of everyone's time and it's not cute and like (laughs) we just say like the gnarliest thing about the guys yes he's brutal he's he roasts them i would cry (laughs) if someone roasted i imagine his game is still on point so i don't know what happened this one fucking night he's like neptune please 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 help me out and i'm just like fuck i really don't want to and this he's like i already got so and so it was like some new girl she'd like barely been dancing he's like please help her out. She said, yes, will you do it with her? I was like, oh, because I think of myself as a big sister, which was like, maybe not the right move in retrospect. I was like, I'm going to look out for this girl. And she's like, oh, what do you want to do? She's like, I don't really want to do the dildo. I was like, fine. I guess I don't even, I blacked out the part. Maybe we were hitting him. I don't remember. (laughs) I think you hit him with like a a belt, no? Like, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, again, like the whole thing is a fucking circus and the club is full. So we're like all up on stage. We're like, okay, time to like whip cream your mouth. And there's a cherry, try to eat the cherry. And I stick the dildo in and the guy freaks out. He like jumps back and he pulls his blindfold off with a full mouth of whipped cream. He looks me like dead in the eyes and he spits at me. <gasps> all my face, just like, oh my God. And oh. I was like, Oh, fuck no. And like in front of everyone, like all my friends that I was traveling with, like I was fucking uh, like so I I don't have the words for how humiliated and angry oh, I was. I was like, well, I'm not going to make any money for us tonight because I'm so angry. Like when I'm that right, angry, like you don't want to be sexy with anyone. You want to murder. <laughs> yeah. Did you get kicked out? I'm, I'm guessing no. Again, like I'm a travel dancer there at this point. Like I don't have any sway. No one knows who I am. Because he's like kind of buddy, buddy with, you know, everyone. And I'm like, this fucking guy, like you put me on stage and he like spit on me. He spit on me. I'm covered in spit and dairy and he's like coked out of his mind at this point and he's yeah so he's like well like get all the money from his friends (laughs) (laughs) that's the response (laughs) i'm like are you kidding me i'm like no get kicked out he's like no i just got his friend on oh my god (laughs) (laughs) just grinding he's grinding I I have seen someone get really mad like obviously there's like it is a show that the friends like I feel like it's up to the friends to know their friend who's gonna go up there because like so many guys take it in such a funny way and then they dance on the pole or whatever but I did see one chuck the dildo across the room just like be so mad that's a huge dildo it's like this big (laughs) it's It's like a subway foot long like yeah it's like my fucking forearm or whatever maybe I'm exaggerating (laughs) no it's huge it's heavy and like it's yeah it's just not cute to like show that level of like homophobia for one thing 
Right, exactly. <laughs> Be chill. It's a hot girl putting a dildo in your mouth. It's not like an actual penis. <laughs> like, also, like, you have a penis. Like, get over it. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, have fun. There's whipped cream. There's cherries. Like, laugh at yourself. Like, your friends did this, not me. Right. I cannot believe someone did that to you. And of course, I'm, I'm guessing you just still got the minimum with like $20 to do like that little show. Totally. And like, I was too angry to make more money. I was really upset. And just violated, like... Yeah. I have a lot of like not fun stories. So I'll try to keep it to the fun ones because honestly, like Clem's Club, again, as like my specific role there was like travel dancing. Like I had a really nice time most of the time. I didn't have any bad experiences for the most part. Like that one kind of like was off the charts bad, but other customers were just sort of like benign and forgettable. I actually, this is kind of like a nice, like wholesome story. I had one night I was stuck in town due to a snowstorm. And I had just had to put my cat down like long distance. It was fucked up. It was fucked up. And I skipped work one night because I was horribly depressed and went to work the next night. And I remember it was around St. Patrick's Day. So it was like pretty busy. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. Like I took one night off. I want to go in and work and I want to just kind of like clear my head. And then when the roads open up, I'm like getting the fuck out of here. And all these guys came in from um, Erie, Pennsylvania, which is just like an armpit town, but it's an armpit that I used to live in. What does armpit town mean? Maybe that's like like colloquialism that's like Jade grew up in, in Mexico. So there's like sometimes there's a little she doesn't get some sayings and I'll have to explain them to her. It's like a ex-industrial town by the Great Lakes. And it's in Pennsylvania, which is just like a state full of hicks. So everywhere I've ever lived has been like an armpit. <laughs> I did once have a guy who was like, I'm really into armpits. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're better than feet guys, but I digress. But it was really fun because all we did was talk about all the places we used to eat in this shitty town in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I made a bunch of money because they're all like, ah, Erie. That's home. so cute. Home away from home. <laughs> Most of my experiences at Clem's Club is just like kind of nice and wholesome and people who are like mostly ready to part with their money. So I'm trying to think of like some good gossip. Did you ever work at no they never hired me i tried okay. to that's where we met last year <laughs> that's the only place i would take us yeah when the lusty went out of business i that was the first place i went and they were like they didn't even let me audition the house mom was like no thanks so i was like all right and i went to gold club and they're like yeah great you can start tomorrow or whatever i had a lot of friends that worked there i know your stage name is correct yeah I also briefly used the name at Clem's Club. Oh, yeah. I did. Oh. Wanted something so different than like who I am. I'm curious. I was not under the name very long because the original who'd had her name forever was just like, oh my God, y'all, she was perfect. And she had long blonde hair and she had like the longest, like everything was pink, long acrylics with like the diamonds all over them. And she sold Coke to me. He would like hit me up. Wrong. (laughs) So whatever, she was like there, then she left. So that's why they gave me the name. You know, there's like this territorial name situation, but they allowed, she hadn't been there for a while. She came back during my absence whatever I'm a stan like she can be as bitchy as she wants she can be a total mess she would just like only drink oh god what was it that she only drank it was like um that one tequila 1942 it's like 50 dollars a shot yes 
She only oh. drank 1942. I'm out of the game. So yeah, I don't even remember. I kind of <laughs> love, there's this girl, a blonde with like giant tits and she only drinks champagne from the, f- I love when girls have like the whole persona. It's just like, yeah, I get it. I could never do that, but. <laughs> I know. I wish I had like the persona. I it just seemed like so exotic. It seems so like, oh, you just are really like dialed into your work. Like that's actually who you are. Like she probably went out and introduced herself as being drink 1942 to only like a file <laughs> that like I can't commit to but yeah she came back and she's like I was first I'm just like yeah you were yeah you could have it love that for you <laughs> I am not your competition at all she was the greatest <laughs> that's awesome is there anything else you want to share about specifically club stories customers have you ever danced with any like I don't know any like celebrities come into the club that you've, you've worked at fuck you Jeremy me runner <laughs> I have you to say it every time <laughs> I mean like yes there have been celebrities but like celebrities don't like I think again like it kind of works really well for um like the persona girls or like the really like 20 year olds like kind of creep like barely legal kind of situation I met the one guy from train spotting not Ewan McGregor not I was like Ewan McGregor <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> free lap dances all night, <laughs> whether you want them or not. <laughs> totally. He was also in the new Wonder Woman. I can like text you guys if you're curious, but he's not actually famous. He's like fourth rate famous, but he was, oh, okay. he was riding that shit real hard. Y'all like, he was like, I'm a celebrity. I'm in movies. Don't you recognize? My me? Yeah. Like, I think his name was also Ewan, but not Ewan McGregor. Anyway. The lesser he- Ewan. <laughs> He didn't tip. Yeah, that's that's kind of the theme that we've been getting. Also, I I forgot where I was, who was telling me this, but I guess in Vegas, some nights when certain celebrities work, that the house fee is like 10 times, you know, like whoever the fuck is coming. So instead of it being $100, it's like $500. And then they don't really end up spending a lot of money. So from most people I hear, it's like a bust, unless it's Drake. Apparently he like drops like thousands of dollars. I did. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, like early, early on, and um, I think the first time I went to Vegas, I worked a night that Dennis Rodman was there. They didn't, um, up our fees I don't recall maybe we really early I, I don't remember but I did he did almost step on me he's so tall he's so tall and I was like talking to some people at the edge of the stage this is at Sapphire and there's like a little stage and that goes upstairs to another stage I don't know why they weren't just like hey time to get off right lights and everyone's like welcome Dennis Rodman and I look up and he's like on my stage like like not looking at me I'm like ah had to crawl off stage in front of everyone. All my stories are embarrassing. <laughs> you know what? I would love to hear. I asked because like I want to hear a good celebrity story. Uh, I had a little run in with a celebrity last weekend. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't at a strip club. But Lil Nas X came to our burlesque show. So jealous. I missed that. I'm insanely jealous. So he shows up. First of all, like we're getting ready to start. And it's a, you know, I'm not gonna say the venue, but it's like a really popular venue for drag shows and this, I guess he's in town performing and he was going to have his after party there. I guess like he booked it out the, the night after. So he wanted to come support the show, which we love is great. There was a rumor that started passing around. So backstage was like, 
dude, I think one of those X is coming. I was like, don't fucking tell me that. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then people kept, and then all of a sudden they're like, dude, he has a table in the front. Like he's here with the security. He's here. So he stayed for the first half. I performed the second half. So he didn't see my amazing anger. It's fine. I would have scared him. There was like one scary act and it was like a I think he would have loved it. Not that I know him at all, but how can you not love that? I think you would have loved it too. I don't even know the act. I feel like you would have loved it. Um, and it was really cool for him to come. I, I will say, if I can just be like a petty bitch. Do it. They should have tipped more. Like they were tipping okay, but they were just tipping like normal audience members. And I'm like, y'all should have come in with like racks and like you, and because they had to leave it intermission, I'm, I'm guessing because people started realizing that was him and like, he probably would have got bombarded and like, I'm guessing it was easier. So like, I don't fault him for leaving, but I'm like, send some hundos backstage for all the dancers that you like missed. Yeah. That's your job. So Credit. that was the only thing I was like, they were tipping actually, um, you know, our mutual friend, right? Yes. She opened the show and she hasn't danced in forever. And she's like freaking out. And she was like doing some, like, she was like on the floor, like grinding, like doing some twerky moves. And one of his friends was like, like making it rain on her. Yes. Yeah. So they, they were good. That's a yeah. great comeback. Yeah. They would have been good as like normal audience members. I would have been like, oh, they're really great audience members. But because they're super rich and famous, I was like, y'all could have made it rain. The bar is higher. The bar is a little higher. Yeah. I, I've never seen a celebrity make it rain. Like Dennis Rodman threw a couple ones down to some other games. Like the club at least should like, in the case of Dennis Rodman, like supply some ones to make it seem like he, like right you know for the oh he's spending money we should all spend money like duh well they probably just make sure they buy bottles and, and shit like that yeah yeah so um you said you know you got into pole dancing through stripping so can you explain to us like kind of what you do now Yes. So A to B, like stripping allowed me to change careers. I teach pole dance and I'm a professional aerialist. I perform a lot. I'm gearing up for a contract uh, starting next month. Ooh. Can you say where it is or is it under wraps? It's not under wraps. I just don't know because <laughs> I'm bad. It's I can I can tell you the name of the um, company. It's Cirque de Bohem. Okay. And it's in Sonoma. <laughs> I'll oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm super psyched about that. Feels like I'm living my dream job to get to be a performer and I get to teach. I, I teach not only pull, but also um, aerial straps. Even though I did circus technically before I got into stripping, I really feel like the influence of the club just empowered me to learn pole and to know that I want to teach it. And also like I have so many hours of performing so many hours of performing like even if it's out of stroke club it fucking counts like it's counting towards your art and i feel so confident on stage because of that like i owe my stage presence to stripping in a lot of ways and i'm so grateful for that like i love my life um the transition out of sex work was super fucking hard i was gonna ask about that i'm super curious not to be doom and gloom but i don't think it's ever not hard it's a hard industry why would it be easy to leave like i think even the sort of fantasy of like girls finding their sugar daddy i just and like getting their lives paid for like it's not all that it seems it's hard to leave that work i was very poor i still am like i don't make good money and like that is okay. But I think the fear around that was really hard. Like it gets its claws in you. I mean, that's why it took like two years to quit. What was the biggest fear is if you're like, what else am I capable of doing? Or like, how will I survive without the money? Both and even more. Yeah. Yeah. Fears around financial stability. Like I have only ever been financially stable as a sex worker even now, like I'm just being real with y'all. Like it's not cute. It's not cute right now, but, um, 
it taught me a lot. So yeah, I had a lot of fears around stability. I had a lot of fears around, like, like I said before, like what, what else am I going to do? Um, not that I didn't think I was capable of doing anything, but like, what else do I want to do? Like I honed my craft so specifically, like what I'm like good at manipulating men emotionally. Like, how do I twist that into like a job job? <laughs> right. Right. How do you translate that to another industry that you like actually enjoy and find fulfilling in like a similar way? Totally. And so now I just don't do that. I don't manipulate men. <laughs> Not even for fun. You're just like, okay, what can I get out of this stranger at a bar? Absolutely. I do that. hundred <laughs> percent. It's just, yeah, it's easy. It's like riding a bike. Like once you learn how to do it, you can't not do it. I know how to turn it on and like get the upgrade at whatever the fuck, you know, like. <laughs> I know. Jade and I get in trouble because when we go out and party, we're like going to get everything free and just like. I, when I first started dancing, it took me a really long time to like make peace with the realization that I want to do this for longer. Like I started after getting fired from a job and I was like, okay, I'll just do this while I figure out the next part. And for me, there's like, I, I think it sounds like you did it for a long enough time. They were like ready to leave. But I think there's also this like kind of addictive quality because it's so up and down, up and down. There's like a lot of adrenaline and dopamine that you get from like oh you know last night I made $21 but tonight I made $1,500 like that kind of like keeps bringing you back like I was like starting to apply for other jobs but just the idea of like missing that rush was like I couldn't commit to applying to other jobs really I totally relate to that I think for me too I'm wondering if this resonates at all with y'all for me there was also I think this is just something that I do to myself also is like x amount of years equals x amount of like clout like if I'm dedicating this amount of time to my industry, then I get to be an expert in this amount of time, which like was arbitrary and like completely dictated by me and an imaginary number. I'm like, I'm going to be a stripper for 10 years. Well, I didn't make it to 10 years. Like why? Why stay 10 years when you're burnt out at seven and staying in the year or two, you know, like why? So I was tied to this idea that I had to make it in order to like earn some sort of like, you're a real stripper because you stayed. I'm a stripper. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I'm a fucking real stripper. Cause I went to a strip club and made money every fucking night. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter if it was 10 years. So that's too long. That's too long in my opinion. Yeah. I hear sometimes some veteran dancers be like, I've been in this game 20 years. I'm like, why? There's this one dancer at Clem's club who's at the very least in her late 60s I've talked to her and she never has struck me as like sad and I know it's hard like you know there's like the Robin Williams effect you know like you never know when someone's like hurting but I think she kind of loves it and guys love her too like even though she's like no she is like the boss she's the one with like the secret language do you know about her secret language <laughs> what no she has like menu items with the with the VIP hosts, I not believe I'm spilling her tea. That she'll be like, oh, and just ring it under a, like a blue whatever. We're gonna call it a blah blah blah. And she's she's in cahoots with everyone. That's all I'm gonna say. So is it like to get like water shots or? Uh, I think to like feel money from men. I love I like I, we said we haven't been doing this for very long at all, but I just love learning people's like weird like hustle tricks, and I'm always like. How could I never think about that? I know. That? We were having a conversation a few days ago because it's been kind of slow for Jade. I haven't been to Clem's for like a month, I think, because like October, I've had too many shows to travel. But we're like, what is something new we can try? Like, what is the secret? We have a friend who like, she'll make a thousand dollars. It's like, oh, that's okay. I'm like, oh, this is really good. Right? <laughs> 
Thank you. No, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with half of that. Like on most nights, but like finding out that there's this one girl who likes like dirty talks to guys. It's like, I want to feel your heart. And we're like, what? Like who, who taught you that? <laughs> we were sending each other voice messages, trying to say without laughing, like, Oh, trying to say the word cock. <laughs> My best friend is very good at dirty talk. And she's like, I make so much money dirty talking. If there's one thing I really learned is like, you have to find your hustle and stay true to it. Cause I know that if I tried to dirty talk, it just wouldn't work. I always go in. I'm like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be mysterious, but I'm such a loud mouth. I love talking. It's like, it's a blessing and a curse because I'm the type of person to have like a club boyfriend the whole night. And I'm like, I will get a lot of money, but you know, that means that like, sometimes people don't come through with the money or, or whatever. Like, I'll be like, I'm going to do this persona. And then I'm like, Oh, well, I was homeschooled and like, here's my like trauma and like, whatever. I have like a Didn't million you want to do like a Southern accent one day? Do you I like, did. I'll just do the Southern bell of the ball. I was watching about <laughs> True Blood. Did it work? I didn't do it. I'm too scared. I don't know. I think it just like whenever inspiration would strike for me, like guys that were willing to play along, I could go so much further. This is good. I think my favorite um weird trick was to get guys like into like incest talk oh, house of the dragon who okay don't discount it y'all so <gasps> me and my friend we don't look anything alike but we're both like skinny brunettes who are white and people are like oh are you sisters are you cousins are you roommates we're like whatever you want us to be as soon as we started going into the, our like incest flow we're like we're your sisters you better be good or we're gonna call your mom just like whatever the <laughs> up of our heads yeah y'all that's amazing i don't know we're gonna we... call your mom right now <laughs> call your mother i don't know if that would work with me and jade we do like working together we kind of do like the angel and the devil kind of thing because she's very like goth dark pentagrams and i'm like I'm good cute. cop bad cop. well here's the thing we we start out good cop bad we could then we kind of switch because jade's actually real softy and i'm like actually really crazy and so then it'll like swap and the people just don't know what to think but they like it that is very powerful like the flip-flop they don't know what's coming like they're already in over their heads because they're horny there's two of you they're confused like you, what you have going on is actually very powerful i i think you're doing it right yeah before but Anton LaVey he wrote the satanic witch and he has this thing of like you have this persona that's very consistent right like and he gives he gives names for like witches like Candy's name is like very fitting with her whole persona like I think she perfected that but then the switch kind of flipping into the opposite is kind of what like flabbergast men and it's like now you have them in your grasp because like a lot of guys look at me and they're like oh she's scary you know because I'm just like not very sweet and then suddenly you flip in they're like oh, she's actually really nice. And that's like kind of like more powerful than just going up as like really sweet altogether. And then Candy does the opposite where she like looks like all pinks and rainbow. And then suddenly she's like talking about how she's like a dom. I'm like, and, oh, like, you want me to hit you? I would love to taste your blood. <laughs> what's going, what's <laughs> happening? I'm like, what are your favorite horror movies? Because I'm like, I love horror movies. Horror is a big part of my life. And so I'm just saying, well, people are like, oh, I like horror movies too. I'm like, oh, really? Which ones? I'm like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, I just I just watched Martyrs and like the Serbian film back to back before I got here. It's like not a big deal, whatever. But yeah, The Purge is adorable. <laughs> They're like, Huh? So I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, here, watch these movies. I'm like, oh, you like horror movies? Watch this one. That's really good. I yeah, I love hearing about this. Also, um, Satanic Witch is one of my favorite books. It changed my life. Like, I'm so glad that y'all brought it up. That's amazing. I think I lent my copy out, but I need to get it back. It's one of my favorite books of all 
time. It's tiny and so helpful. Yeah, it reframed a lot about my whole life, honestly. Guy's last chapter of like how to cast spells where he's like walk around in the trench coat. You're you're walking around in a trench coat like fully naked. Oh, I need to read this book. Yeah, I can lend it to you. <laughs> it kind of hit me sideways. It was very good. <laughs> I know his ex-wife. She's a burlesque dancer. Do you know her? I do. Yeah, she's great. She's so sweet. She's someone, she's like very bubbly and cute. And then she's like, Hail Satan. I know. I <laughs> Hail Satan, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Hubba. And even when you get out of the game, you never get out of the game. So I had a client in the audience who pays me. I, I do escorty stuff. So he came to the show and afterwards he was like, oh my God. I was really afraid of that satanic woman. She came out and was like, hail Satan. And I had to like, look away. I was like, oh my God. Like, what a baby. Oh yeah. He's a tender baby. Yeah. I think maybe we should wrap it up. We've had you so long. Are there any last minute questions you have Jade or anything you want to include uh, Neptune? Before um, no, I just want to say thank you so much. And our first guest ever. I know. Do you want to share your social medias or any of your, any of your projects or anything like that? Sure. Yeah. If you want people to find you, your shows. Yes. I am mostly active on my Instagram, social media, vix.n.ariel. And that's where you can find all information about my shows. Um, if there's anyone who's in California who wants to come up to Sonoma. Yeah, go drink some wine. Watch yeah. Shows. Like, I, yeah, that, that pool video you sent me, like, I, I'm just clocking. It was, like, really, really cool. Like, I didn't realize it was the same person. <laughs> That's amazing. That means a lot. And thank you both for having me. This is a huge honor. This is exactly what I need in my life. I um, can't wait to listen to more. <laughs> awesome well thanks so much rate review subscribe crsecretspod at gmail.com for email crsecretspod on twitter instagram and tiktok we got them all folks bye